Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We got some things planned that are going to absolutely blow your mind. This is the Rich Eisen Show. They're not only coming for your souls, they are coming to mess you up. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Week four, your visit back to Philadelphia. What do you think is gonna, your reception is going to be, Doug Peterson? I'd hope I get booed. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> that makes me feel welcome. Earlier on the show, senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer, still to come. Yes Network Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay. Plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Um, lots to talk about on this program. Still waiting to hear from the Boston Celtics on what's going on with their coach. And nothing like rumor and innuendo and conspiracy theories to fill the void as it has been uh, filled for uh, the last several hours on what's going on with their head coach, Ime Udoka. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Jared Weiss, who... Uh, uh, along with Sham Sharania, uh, had wrote the uh, co-bylined piece on the uh, initial news um, today that Yudoka is facing suspension due to a consensual relationship with a member of the Celtics organization. Uh, he's going to join us in 18 minutes to time to give us at least some information before we send you out the door for a Thursday night football game. Huge night tonight between the Steelers and the Browns on Amazon Prime Video. That's uh, something to talk about before we get out of Dodge. But uh, speaking of streaming, we're, we're live on the Roku channel, channel 210 on all Roku-connected devices, Samsung Smart TVs and uh, Amazon Fire TV, the Roku app, the RokuChannel.com. I was streaming on the MLB app on the runway at San Francisco Airport on Tuesday night. Uh, Aaron Judge's final at bat because I just wanted to see if he would hit 60. So I heard the outstanding call of Michael Kay's uh, uh, moment in the booth with the rest of the outstanding yes crew of Judge hitting 60. And then Stanton hit that walk-off grand slam. And then the first inning last night, another grand slam. Apparently that's never happened where a team finishes with a ninth inning grand slam uh, the night before opening up a game with a grand slam in the first inning. So lots going on in the world of the Yankees. And joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is a man who's got his own terrific radio show every single day locally in New York from ESPN. And yes, our friend Michael K. back here on the program. How you doing, Michael? I'm great, Rich. How you doing? I mean, this has got to be like childhood dream stuff, right? Sitting in a booth, calling uh, games, uh, watching uh, George uh, Herman uh you know, Babe Ruth get tied by Aaron Judge. This is amazing. Uh, what's it, it is like amazing. for you? He has a, he's had an amazing season, and uh, just to be just like a little fly on the wall or in a catbird seat, so to speak, it, it's kind of fun. Uh, I, I didn't think, you know, after they cleaned up the game that we, we'd see anybody approach this. And not only has he approached it, but, you know, he's done it in seven fewer games than Ruth did it, uh, now six after last night. So he's had a pretty extraordinary year. Yeah, and last night he, he rips a double on the first pitch he sees. He had another double uh, and then, um, you know, strikeout and then uh, a walk where people just don't want to face him. 
Uh, how is he handling all of this? I just see the Maris family. I remember when McGuire was tracking down Roger Maris, that family was being uh, taken all over the country with the commissioner as well. Bud Selig was there. How's Judge taking the uh, the spotlight here? You know what, Michael? Rich? It's been amazing. Like, you know, we all have heard the awful stories about Maris that, you know, there was such stress that you know, his hair fell out. And I asked uh, Aaron Boone, like in the middle of the season, if he makes a run at this, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be able to handle the stress? And like Boone laughed and said, well, he's still got his hair. I don't think that's going to come out. And uh, this is a guy, Rich, who bet on himself, who turned down $213 million. And that didn't affect him. In fact, it spurred him on to have one of the great offensive seasons of all time. We had Buster only on the show yesterday, and Buster said, it is really, when you compare it to what's happening in baseball right now, the greatest offensive season that anyone's ever had. Now, I don't know if I'd sign off on that, but certainly in the top ten. So that didn't unnerve him. I don't think this will. You know, you would think that when you got, what, to 57, right? Mm. You'd start to feel it, and boom, he hits two home runs in the last game in Milwaukee. That made it 59. So, uh, And then the first opportunity he has back at the bat, uh, in the next game, he hit 60. So I don't think it's affecting him at all. He seems pretty chill about the whole thing. And, you know, uh, just watching him go through it, um, and he's just murdering the baseball at a time when the Yankees needed to. The, the, the team essentially fell apart um, in August offensively and then physically as well. July wasn't uh, post-All-Star break anything to shake a stick at either. This is he is most valuable. This is exactly what you need from somebody like him to carry a team and then uh, come through like he has been doing the last few days. Um, I I I wonder what it's like to watch this in first it's, hand. It's Michael. almost surreal uh, because to tell you the truth, I even mentioned it in Milwaukee. The you know the last time up, um, he um, hit a two run double. And I said, this is the only guy on the planet that people are disappointed when he hits doubles. So, I mean, you could hear the groans yesterday at Yankee Stadium when, when he hit two doubles. As it's not enough. But, you know, he's also chasing a triple crown. So all the hits he gets continues to pump his average up just a little bit. And it'll be interesting because the top two guys in the American League are going to be playing the next four games starting tonight. Uh, um, Aaron Judge and, and Bogart. So, and I agree with you with the valuable thing. And no disrespect meant that all to Otani. I know yep. there are... A lot of people in Otani's camp, and he's had just a wondrous year. He's a unicorn. I don't know if we'll ever see this again. But if the word valuable in MVP actually means anything, Aaron Judge is the only thing that stood between the Yankees having the most historic blown lead of all time of 15 and a half games. And, Rich, you watched the games. He did it with no protection in the lineup, which makes me wonder about some managers in baseball. Why'd you even pitch to him? But they did pitch to him, and he just damaged all the time. He he carried the team. Otherwise, they would have blown that lead. I mean, and we, we put together a, a full-screen graphic for our show yesterday, and the, the numbers that we're going to pop on the screen are not updated from last night. But he still does lead in every one of these categories, including, as you mentioned, the Triple Crown. And he's only 15 steals behind Cedric Mullins, too. I mean, that's it's insane. He's not like some plodding slugger that can't move around the bases. He's unbelievable and that that is why he is in fact most valuable so uh this leads me to the 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 final question i guess on on judge for the moment um for you michael k is the future he bet on himself and he has performed in a way that is truly remarkable i mean the only thing that i can even equate this to in the same remote i guess area code maybe the same church but definitely the wrong pew is uh joe flacco 
years ago when the Ravens didn't sign him and Steve Bashotti said, you win the Super Bowl, you can come and, and put the bag on my desk and I'll give it to you. Um, this is what he's doing. He may not win the World Series, but what he's done is re- amazing. What is the future there? Um, they're, they're, are the Yankees going to give him whatever the hell he wants? Because they should. Michael. That's not how they play, though. Which is th- that, That's what adds the interesting part to it. Because you, know, you would think that the season that he's had, it kind of backs them into a corner to do whatever. But that's not how Hal and, and Brian work. You know, they will... I, they obviously have to raise him from the $30.5 million a year that they offered, which at the time would have made him the second-highest position player in baseball behind Mike Trout. But now you could actually look at this guy and say, he's getting $40 million a year. Now, I know the Yankees probably pushed themselves more than they wanted to, to give him seven years, because next year he's going to play at an age of 31. And the Yankees are all about analytics, and the thing that frustrates a lot of people in baseball there are no analytics on how six foot seven inch, two hundred and eighty two guys age. <laughs> it's just kind of a crapshoot, you know. So there's going to be, I, you know, again, I'll reference Buster, Buster only of ESPN. Uh, he said the Giants are going to make a big run at him. You know, they they need that big star and they need a guy. You know, they're going to sell ninety nine uniforms and shirts uh, at their ballpark. They don't have that right now. And they had a bad season and they certainly have a lot of money. Uh, so and he is from you know Northern California. So let's say the Giants come in and go, well, we'll give you 10 years, $400 million. I mean, do you, again, you being a Yankee fan, as long as you have, do you really think the Yankees are going to say, okay, we'll give you $400 million? Michael, I mean, Michael, $1.2 billion for a piece of AC Milan. Who are we kidding here? You know, and the Yankees probably aren't the number one revenue generator in Hal Steinbrenner's portfolio anymore. I no, mean, I think, like, I, I think like, they have not, the money. Uh, I don't think they do. Of course they do. The, the team right. is probably worth over $7 billion. But they do business in a certain way. Like, this is what this is worth, and this is what that is worth. And they usually, usually, I can't say that it's going to be the case now, they usually don't let emotion come in uh, to their decisions. And this one is going to be emotionally driven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if there's any metrics either, Michael, to uh, find wherever George M. Steinbrenner III is, in fact, buried and have a seance to have him come out of his grave and make sure Hal gives him the money. Like, this is a total George M. Steinbrenner III maneuver, Michael. Well, like, let's go. When the Yankees are in Boston, Rich, yes. uh, I was talking to some people involved with the Red Sox, and there's a chance they would make a run at oh, him. Come and, on. and remember, come on. George and Bernie are the only things that kept Bernie from going to Boston. And that George stepped in at the last moment and pretty much almost doubled the, the, the you know, last offer that they had just to keep him. I don't know if that's the way they do business anymore. Now, that paid off for them because Bernie was very valuable for that team and played a big role. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, what could move the needle? Again, this is just Michael K. guessing. I got you. Is if Steve Cohen or John Henry <sighs> of the Mets and the Red Sox really make a play for him because I don't know if you could let – your guy get away. You can't. I mean, come on now. I mean, even that, even that, that, that and, and if I'm judge, that's why, if I'm not mistaken, you know, judge kind of played a little coy when he was asked when they were in Boston last, you yep. know, maybe you're in, and he's like, yeah, that'll be for the end of the season. And I'm like, way to go, man, that, that you drive it up, drive it up. Like he didn't deny, like I would never come to Boston, drive it up. But I would find it very hard to believe that John Henry coughs up the money for Aaron Judge that for whatever reason, still, uh, they didn't do for Mookie Betts, who is just lighting up this town from which I'm but, talking to you. But that right might be now. the reason, Rich, because they're, they're still furious in Boston that they let 
Yeah. One of the best baseball players of all time, get away. And, you know, they got nothing back in return. I mean, Alex Verdugo is a nice player, but he's not Mookie Betts. So since Boston is still simmering, and, and the, the, the big worry in Boston that you, you hired Heim Bloom from the, the Tampa Bay Rays, are you going to operate like a small market franchise? And this would be the answer, no, we are not. So, uh, but I'm not sure if Heim Bloom wants to play in that, that end of the pool either. I mean, that's not the type of GM he is. But the Dodgers are a very analytical team, Rich, and you know they've taken deep dives. You know they took a deep dive on on Mookie Betts. Sometimes you have to be irrational, and I think it was Andrew Friedman who said it a long time ago. Anybody who's rational about pursuing a player, either a free agent or a trade, will always finish third in getting that player. Michael K, love it right here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, okay, in a couple minutes I have left with you. Let's talk a little bit of football. Who's more jacked up calling your radio show every day, Giants or Jets fans? Right now, giant fans, giant fans, because the Jets. I mean, that was such an unlikely win. Mm. I mean, it, it probably happens once every four hundred years. So you can't say that they played great last week. But we'll see what they do uh, against the Bengals now. But the general perception, though, in New York, Rich, is the Jets have more talent than the Giants. And but they're also feeling the Giants might have scored by getting Dable. Dable looks like the real thing. Jet fans are still a little unsure about Robert Sala. So we shall see. But here, here's the most ridiculous. I hope I hope you agree with me. Okay. I, I hate to disagree with you. Yes, sir. We have people calling in. You got to keep playing Flacco until they lose, and even when <laughs> no. Zach Wilson's stop, ready. No, stop, no, you don't. Stop. Zach Wilson's the future of the team. Either you find out what he is, or you, you've got to get another quarterback. It's like I look what the Giants did with Eli and Kurt. Was a Hall of Famer, and they were five and four and had a chance to make the playoffs. And you know what? They said it's time for Eli to play. So. Yeah. Even if Joe Flacco wins the next two games and they're 3-1 and one, when he's ready to go, I'm sorry, you have to turn it over to Zach Come on, really? People are, what, somebody oh, from yeah. Queens calling oh. up, somebody from uh, from my hometown of Staten Island saying, got to play Joe Flacco until the wheels I come off? Staten come. Island actually does say you keep playing Joe Flacco. Come on. Until until you you know, but until backup lose. quarterbacks no, backup quarterbacks are supposed to do what Flacco has done. The fifty nine throws against the Ravens. That's what you. I mean, that was insane. Right. But it was just a week one. Uh, Flacco should win these games. They, they, he's a backup quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, who knows the offense very well, who isn't physically falling apart, who knows these opponents. That's how he made his bones is against the AFC North, which is the first month of the season for the Jets. And then let's see what Zach can do. A million percent. I totally agree with you, Mike. Has to be. I, I mean, totally agree with you, Mike. Because by year three, you have to make a decision on year five, and you're not going to know anything about him. Because, and we even ask these people that call in, Rich, well, with Flacco, how many games do you think they're going to win? Well, a perfect world, eight. Well, you're not making the playoffs anyway. So what did you do with the year? Before I let you go into your day, Michael Kay, um, you know, I will be tuned tonight. Um, and I love every at bat. Now you're like, hey, welcome to yes, you're you're resetting, you're welcoming the national uh television audience. Rich, you but will not be watching me tonight. What's going on tonight? Where where it, where are you tonight? Fox. Oh, and, what about Friday? Apple TV. Come on now. You're not gonna no, be no, I'm telling you the truth. So you're not you're not even Friday night. You're not gonna you're not gonna no, be. If if he hits it before Saturday, yes does not have uh, the call. Oh man, are you going to the game? Are you going to be there? I, I'm going to watch it with my son at home. You know what, man? I, I first of all, I, you know I love you, right? You know I love right. everything about you because love that is back. seriously. And I I I say this, you know, without any hint of 
and anything but genuine. I love that about you. That's so great, man. And I know it's deep down it kind of kills you that you're not going to be at the mic potentially for this. But you sitting next to your kid, I'm sitting next to mine. I'm calling him into the into the living room every single time the guy steps to the plate. This is that type of material for anybody well, who's growing up. Me, I mean, like you've this. been in the business as long as I have. What do you think? I should, somebody said, Michael, you have to go to the booth tonight with a metal chair and smash it over Adam Lean's <laughs> head and just take over the call. Well, I mean, there's that. There's that as well. There's. <laughs> You know, that would be aggressive. That would be an aggressive maneuver. It'd be a big story. But, you know, they're, they're not going to try and get you in on Friday night even? Apple TV? You can't? Um, what do you Andrew think? Marsh out of the Post, this is unbeknownst to me. I have no idea that, that they're, they're trying to make a trade of me, David, and Paul to okay. make the call. But, I, I mean, if you're Apple TV, are you going to do that? I mean, this is what you paid all the money for, a game like this. I know. I hear you. Yeah, I know that you got your own crew. You can't tell your own crew, hey, we've got one of the most uh, potentially historic moments. You're out. These other folks are in. I, I, I totally would get that. Well, I hope if he hits it the next day or so, I hope Adam Amin has a great call or Steven Nelson, and I'll be enjoying it just like a fan. It won't matter anyway, Michael. How about this for a great Yankee fan moment? It won't matter anyway because you'll be able to call his 70th home run in about eight days. How does that sound? You know sound? what? Don't, uh, <laughs> don't think that that's out of the question. <laughs> Who's going to take care of the Astros for us? That's that. I'm, I'm just going to go straight up to that before I let you. I go. think the think? Yankees are going to have to take care of the Astros. You don't think the Guardians might might get them? The Jays, right? I don't know. How, but I guess the last one for you. I'm sorry to get, for keep you too long. How does it work? Does it work where if the, it, it, the, the three versus six, do they reseed? No, they do not reseed, which is silly. Okay, like so, the NFL reseeds. So it would be the the uh, the Astros would get the winner of three versus six, six, no matter what, no matter yeah, what. It's it's weird. So they could actually play the better team than the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I, I don't know, man. So I the mean, Yankees, if they win the win the East, will play the winner of the Central, uh, which would play the lowest um, wild card. Okay. And so, the, oh wow! Like, the Yankees, I don't think, would have any problems with the Guardians and the six seed. Well, you know, that's not going to be easy because the Blue Jays or the Rays or well, the I, I think the Yankees could handle the Mariners, but Castillo you know, he scares you a little. Bit. I know. I wish the Yankees had gotten him instead of Montas. But that's again, that's Rich from Staten Island talking, not the Rich Eisen show from Los Angeles. <laughs> Thanks for the call, uh, Michael. You're the best. I love listening to you and you and and Cone and. Um, you know, and and Paul, you know, O'Neill, with all due respect to everyone else, that's it's a you're a great listen with everyone. Everyone in the booth is a great listen. I'd love listening to the three of you guys. Thank it's you. great. Thank you. Please tell your family hello. Right back at you, too, sir. That's Michael right. K., everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Breaking New York sports media news. Run, tell that to the New York Post, right? There you go. Yeah, Andrew Marshan uh, posted the story no. literally right when Michael called. No, and, 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 you know, it's an interesting story that Marshan is is poking around on, and rightfully so. But well, I think Kay's not that, wrong, man. I'm sure yeah. Kay wouldn't mind being in the booth. Yeah. But what are you going to really? You're going to tell the Apple TV crew you've been doing it all year. Yeah. You're out at the biggest moment. Yeah. These Apple, these three folks are. They in. don't use the same crew every game, though, do they? They have no, two different. Peacock crews. has been switching yeah. around yeah, on the yeah. Sunday games, but they use the same. Um, they use the same crew. Oh, really? But they, okay. they, they swap out the um, – uh, I think Jason Benetti's calling the play-by-play, and they swap out who the uh, analysts are on oh, Peacock, all right. depending I, on the local announcer. No. And they were totally but different. Apple TV's had, had the same crew, I think, right? 
Yeah, Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan. They do a good okay. job. They do a good gotcha. job. Tonight, the yeah, Fox you can't game. say you're out. I would have been so livid, so livid, if NFL Network at, at its birth, you got that big game between oh, yeah. the Patriots yeah. and the Giants, and game. the Patriots are going for 16-0, and 0, yeah. and it was the, easily the biggest broadcast. Hey, Rich and crew, you're out. The Fox or ESPN, ESPN people are now in. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. Like, no, you go with your crew. I totally would get that. I totally understand. Like, I get that. it, but as, as, it I mean, means more to Yankee fans, right? right? It does. Yeah, so, this, no, it doesn't. You're watching it just as much yeah, as anybody. It doesn't mean watching. anything to well, him. But I mean, I have no connection to yeah, Michael K. Know. Like, he's not my favorite announcer. Well, no, but were, that's what I'm saying. For So... For me, well, you know, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, fan watching. Yes, they're right, terrific. You, I'd like to hear them. But, but I, I just kind of feel like the judge home run means more to you guys as Yankee fans than it does to anyone else. I, I get not switching them, no, but it would be s- nice to have his hometown guy. Servicing your audience with your crew that you have lived and died with and they've been traveling around with, you can't just yank them out of the booth like that. You can't do that. That's why they paid all the money for these games, and they just happen to luck into history. Well, not yet. Maybe. He could hit two tonight on Fox. He could. I was supposed to do the game tonight from here, mixing it. Uh-huh. They moved it to on-site. I'm still doing the pregame and okay. stuff. Okay. I'll be around. But, I mean, they moved it because they th- they know. Hey, man, this, this is it. Moments. This is big Every moments. Moment, get two, boom. Two Let's take them. a break here it's on nuts. the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, the breaking story out of Boston that still we're waiting for some resolution. Jared Weiss of The Athletic. He covers the Celtics. He's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, sponsored by AutoZone. Joining us from The Athletic, kind enough to take our call in the middle of a very busy breaking story. Joining us on the Mercedes-Benz Vance phone line, who man, who um, uh, co-bylined with Shams Sharania today on what is going on in Boston, covers the Boston Celtics for The Athletic. And joining us is Jared Weiss on The Rich Eisen Show. Good to chat with you, Jared. Thanks for calling. Great to be here. So what is what the hell is happening? How about that front <laughs> opener, Jared? What's going uh, on? Pretty much a perfect way to ask that question. Uh, there's a lot happening right now. A lot of moving parts behind the scenes. Trying to suss out valid intel versus speculation is extremely difficult in times like this with a with a situation like this. Um, and so it's going to clearly take some time today to figure out what's really going on and what kind of real what the real resolution is going to be. But there is an expectation that the Celtics are going to make some sort of statement and issue some sort of resolution 
by the end of today or tomorrow. Well, I think this can't go into tomorrow, Jared, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, because you know we had our our friend Albert Breer, who covers the NFL for Sports Illustrated, on. He said he was just on uh, Boston Sports Radio for two hours. I'm sure you're seeing it too. There's a bunch of people who are googling female um, employees yeah. of the Celtics and just saying, "Could it be this person? Could it be this person? Could it be that person?" That's untenable. That is awful. That is untenable. This is out there. This needs to be resolved. Stat, Jared. Don't. Yeah, that's that's one of the major conundrums happening here is that a lot of people are getting harmed by this drifting in the winds, but the Celtics also have an obligation to themselves to make sure that they handle they handle this right and they take the time they need to make sure it's handled right. And so they obviously have to balance those two things. But I think everybody in this city – and in the league is looking for this to be resolved as quickly as possible. All right, so then let me ask you this. Why do we know about this? Why do you know about this? Why is this being reported before there is any resolution to it, Jared? I don't know. ESPN was the first to report it. It was reported in a in a, a very vague manner. It wasn't clear exactly what it was. And, I mean, immediately when that happened, my phone started blowing up about, is it this, is it that? I think that we've gotten far enough down the road of reporting about the you know, shot, credit to Shams Charani at the Athletic having the first scoop that it was a, a result of a consensual affair in the or relationship in the workplace that was a violation of conduct rules. That's, I think, where we mostly assumed it was going. But And the thing is, it's, it's not responsible to name the person involved in the situation with Udoka. And so when that happens, unfortunately, it's going to lead to rampant and dangerous speculation. Okay, so well, it's not okay, but um, I guess that's just a, a turn, a, 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 a turn of the phrase here. So, what what happens? What are you hearing is in fact occurring right now? Like, what due diligence needs to be done? The punishment, or do they know exactly what has occurred that that is the violation in question, Jared? I, I it certainly seems like there is a you know, there's definitely a degree of fact finding being done to determine what exactly has been going on. What is the exact nature of the situation? Uh, it's been termed as a consensual relationship uh, at this point. And so, uh, you know, that's, there's a, obviously several different ways for that to be determined. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on how it's being determined, but that is how it has been reported at this point. And so I think a lot of it is deliberating. How do you, how do you address this situation? I mean, we've been hearing a year-long suspension is the current direction it seems to be going. But it's hard to reconcile how does it what what makes a year long suspension work versus either a shorter suspension that allows him to continue to do his job or an outright termination, especially considering he only has one year on his contract left after the season. So the, a, a one year suspension would be a de facto firing, is what you're saying, Jared? Not necessarily because oh. he could come back at the end of that one oh, year. He's got one he more year has, after this one, is what you said. Exactly, okay. yeah. But okay. so it's very rare for a coach to to come in at the end of their as a lame duck yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, one at, who has been as good and successful of a coach early on as Ime has, but also how could you justify extending somebody's right. deal when they're currently serving a suspension for this? Yeah, so, they're going to suspend them and then extend them. Like the, exactly. I've never heard. I've never heard I, of anything like that. It rhymes, but it doesn't work in reality. Wow. I mean, I could see your reaction over there, Chris Brockman, who's our resident Celtic fan. I see your – I'm having the same reaction right here. I don't know, you know, what, what, where to go other than, I guess, Jared Weiss of The Athletic here. Who is, who is the, the uh, assistant that's being bandied about, Joe Mazzula, as the one to, sit, to fill in if there is the lengthy suspension of Udoka yeah, so coming? 
Joe, Joe is a really fascinating coaching candidate because he hasn't been coaching in the NBA for very long. He joined the Celtics from their G League team a couple years ago under Brad Stevens and very quickly started making waves in coaching circles and emerged as a major coaching candidate this offseason where he was the runner-up in the coaching uh, search at Utah that ended up being won by Will Hardy, who was the associate head coach with the Celtics last year under Udoka. So Missoula has very rapidly gone to the forefront of coaching, coaching candidates, and he's very well respected within the organization for his game planning on both sides of the ball, his demeanor, which is he's, he's kind of a quiet, understated guy, very much like Udoka, not quite as much of a trash talker as Udoka is, but has that kind of similar demeanor that is similar to what Brad Stevens was and, uh, and how Amy Udoka has coached. So he fits in to how this team operates pretty well. It's just that he was just this year getting promoted to the front of the bench. And it's very rare that an assistant coach goes from behind the bench, that second row where you're not one of the chief assistants, to all of a sudden being in charge. But he is a very promising prospect. But the other issue, though, is that he has had some arrests back uh, when oh, he was boy. in West Virginia, uh, domestic violence arrests, and so that is where the story gets a little bit more tricky. So wh- wh- why wouldn't, you know, you-, you got a guy who kicked himself upstairs who knows the team, knows the roster, knows how to coach, knows how to be a championship coach. Wh- any Any thoughts of Brad Stevens being the guy? You think? I have not. I have not heard that at this point. I don't think Brad is looking to get back into coaching. You never know how a year off affects that. But I think that obviously it would be very destabilizing for the organization if he were to take on the coaching role at the same time as being in charge of basketball operations. I don't think he wants to take on that dual role. And it's very rare that that actually works effectively just because of the the amount of strain it puts on both of those positions. So I it guess. doesn't seem like that's happening, and especially because. Missoula, while he is very early in his career, is clearly a well-qualified candidate and has the potential to grow into a really good coach the way Emi Odoka seems to be doing. But it wouldn't be a first for Boston. I mean, there's a guy whose signature's burned onto the parquet floor who's done it. You know what I mean? That's uh, true. So I think I think the job is a little bit easier back then. Maybe. It's a little bit more legwork to being a GM now. I, 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 I guess so. I, I, would, I would imagine so. So uh, I guess what, what, what's your best guess before I let you go, uh, Jared Weiss of The Athletic here on the Rich Eisen Show? What is your best guess right now as to what is happening in the front offices of the Boston Celtics right now? I would say at this point, it is very hard to see how Udoka could come back from a one-year suspension for a workplace misconduct issue and be the coach again. That seems like it's a very difficult bridge to reconcile. Uh, he is a very good coach. He is very well liked, and he will probably go on to have a very good coaching career. It's just it's in this scenario, if he really is being suspended for a year, it is hard to see this playing out with him being the coach of the team a year later. Jared, thanks for the time, uh, and I appreciate you taking the call. Is that everything is um, is flying, and uh, the situation is definitely not settled to say the least. I appreciate you taking the call. There'll be more to come for sure. At Jared Weiss, MBA. Jared Weiss, NBA on Twitter. Follow him for the latest as well. Well, just when you thought uh, Jalen Brown retweeting Kyrie Irving's InfoWars madness was the worst thing that was going on with your team. And, and then, Gallinari's torn ACL. And... Well, I mean, right now you got to put the basketball stuff aside and see what the hell's going on. 
But if you're suspending him for a year and he's got only one year left on his contract, what are you, you going to suspend him for a year and then he's a lame duck coach coming out? Well, that's, that's, why impossible. Mannix, that's why Mannix is tweeting out, you know, just he's, he might just resign. Well, he doesn't get paid if that happens. I would imagine. He might not get paid at all. Well, you fire him for cause? Perhaps if it's a violation of organizational guidelines. This might be a without pay situation. Two wins from the finals. Two wins from a championship. Well, again, I just uh, there's just so much to speculate, and that's why the Celtics. I know they got to get it right, but they have to to do it. They got to do it fast because there is too much of a void that's being filled with not enough facts that are being known, and there are people who you wouldn't even think about trying to find out who's in the organization that people are tweeting out. Could it be this person? Could it be that person that Udoko was with? Well, as people are there's pointing a family, out, there's, too, there's so much garbage that's you, being put out there. If you try to find the NBA.com Celtics page of the uh, front office, they've they, taken they, it down. down. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's got which is good. But, but it's also a nutty sign of our times that yeah. also shows you that once this is over and – the page is turned, to use the phrase. Somebody's got to find out who the hell in the organization put this out there Yeah. before it was resolved. And for what purpose did they do that? To what? Prime the pump for Celtics fans to be ready to hear something about their coach? Or it's just out there and done with? And you handle it, and it's done. And there's not some amorphous now what 12 and a half hour 13 hour period where we're left to wonder and i know the page will be turned and the ball will be tipped and the games will be played and yep but in the meantime i mean we're weeks away from training camp starting we're six weeks away from the season starting All right, we'll uh, take a break, come back, set up tonight's games and the tonight's game uh, and the, our, our evening in sports, which is going to be dynamic to say the least, and then get you set for our Friday show. And that's how we're rolling to break here on the Roku channel, Odyssey, and this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right. Going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential. The potential to do your own thing, be your own boss, steer your own success, and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built and designed and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow 
your passions, reawaken that spirit of adventure, and check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences right off your bucket list. Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams, no matter how far off the beaten path they'll take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, and thousands of ways to customize, a Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. What are you looking up over there? You're looking up more fun well, stuff about how Jerry, Jerry Jones just said something. Oh. <laughs> what, about Micah Parsons having the sniffles or something? Uh, nope. Um, about uh, how he wouldn't mind a QB controversy. <laughs> 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 Can I interpret that? I haven't heard. This, um, I haven't heard. Uh, I I haven't heard the soundbite. But let me interpret this. Let me interpret this. I'm fluent in Jerry. Okay, yeah, that's true. I'm you very are. fluent in Jerry Jones. Uh-huh, I know. Okay, that's why we have more. He we have more drops of him than any yeah, other human else? being in your in in the drop arsenal. We're very. I'm very fluent in Jerry Jones. Get your damn act together. He wouldn't mind a quarterback controversy. Not because he thinks Dak is the wrong guy. That is not, do not take that cheese. And there will be tons of folks in our profession who are going to take that cheese. TJ, we're not taking that cheese. Nope. We're not taking the cheese. Cheese stands alone. The cheese stands alone. That is sitting right out there. Jerry Jones did not. What is the exact quote? Do you have the exact quote? Or is it just a Twitter? Uh, I don't have the exact quote. I have uh, uh, John Machoto, who covers the team, uh, paraphrasing. Uh, saying that Jones wouldn't mind a controversy between Dak and Cooper Rush, said he'd walk to New York if it meant Rush played so well going forward that the Cowboys had a tough decision to make. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. He does not think that – I haven't heard the soundbite yet. Do we have it? Do we have it? Uh, It's it's going to be tight. No, no, no. no, no, Apparently we're we're going to get it to you. I'm just saying – the way I'm interpreting it before even hearing it, it's not that he believes that Dak is the wrong guy. He would love for Cooper Rush to play so well that all the rest of the world that he knows would react in this manner. That there would be a quarterback controversy. Can you return to Dak? They are a million percent returning to Dak. They are one million plus one percent returning to Dak. Does he believe Dak is the guy? One Million plus one percent. Does he believe Dak is the guy? He would love for everybody out there to be talking about as if Cooper Rush is the guy because Rush has played so well. The Cowboys are in first place, causing him all the pressure of having to return to Dak. He played one game. What are we talking? Well, he knows he's got to play more. He knows he's got to play more. TJ, he knows he's got to play more. And as much as he's like, we're not IRing him. He could come back in a month. He deep down knows that that's, that's unlikely. He knows that he's probably got five more games with Cooper Rush if I he's said this, lucky. I said this the very next day right. after that statement right. came so, out. Uh, so what I'm saying is I'm fluent in Jerry. He wants Rush to play so well that the Cowboys are in first place because he's played so well that the season is still on track for the playoffs for Tyron Smith to return to from an injury in time. That everything is working so well. The Cowboys Super Bowl train is still on the tracks because Cooper Rush plays yeah. so well that the national conversation is a quarterback controversy, which in his in his mind, 
is not a controversy at all. It's Dak's team. That's it's my. People I haven't talking. even heard the soundbite, <laughs> and that's my interpretation of it. Now we have the soundbite. Okay, here it goes. So you'd want that? You'd want that controversy? Of course I would. Okay. Of course that means we'd won. If it comes in here and played as well as Prescott played, Rush played that well over these next games ahead, I'd walk New York to get there. <laughs> do you think he can do that? Uh, well, I don't know that, but uh, uh, I've... I would, uh, you can't find on record where I said I thought Dak Prescott could do it when he had the, when he stepped in and had the chance to do that, but he did it. So you, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? You want to play do well it. enough that the controversy does happen. Correct, but which, so why wouldn't he? In that? his own walls, there's no controversy. It's Dak's game. Oh, yeah, you're apt. You're, completely dead on and he just like but, i said when he said dad could be back he's trying to give hope he, he knows everyone's going to talk about dallas and all the sports do shows. not take the cheese but honestly the Rich, will be in the stack what's the fun in that jerry invites quarterback <laughs> exactly. controversy yeah, to the Cowboys exactly. because the subtext to that headline will be he doesn't believe dak's the guy and that cooper Boom. rush has the opportunity to keep playing oh, because if he plays so there well no 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 no, no, no. it's dak's gig reads. as soon as he comes back he's paying dak all that money yeah. to be the dak that Dak has always been. And you even heard him say, hey, I defy you to hear the soundbite from me when Dak was doing it to Romo. Yeah. By the okay, way, though, I, that I personally, do it. I don't care who is the quarterback. Like, if we're winning football games, uh, you just want the best player to be on the field. And if it's Cooper Rush, I don't believe it is. But if it is and he proves me wrong, great. Let's go. <laughs> I I don't think a fan cares. Just get the best people on that field and win football games. But a backup quarterback is supposed to do what, what he's Cooper doing, Rush yeah. just did. What, what Jimmy Joe G Flacco did, Rich. just did. But Jimmy G, good one. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, what a backup. Did, and then yeah. a backup quarterback is supposed to do it and then hand the job back. back. The yeah. same way yep. anybody out there who's so fortunate to be able to have your parents as your babysitters for your children... <laughs> They're supposed to take the child from you. Love on them. You're supposed to have them. They're supposed to win the day. (laughs) Spoil them. Win the play date. Win the day. Yep. Win the dinner. Win the lunch. Win the overnight. Win the week. If it is a week that you can go on a vacation, if you hand your child to your parents, that when you return, they hand the child back. There you go. That's the way it is. Okay. And that's That's the way grandparents view it, too. Hey, love your kid. It's great. I'll take him or her 100%. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that child's That's yours. yours. <laughs> that's the way it works. And parenting and grandparenting. And that's Amazing. the way it works for backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, sometimes the backup quarterback is Tom Brady and never gives the job back. But hey, and that's a bonus, right? That's a bonus. Which is why Jerry's inviting it. Hey, put me in that tough spot, Cooper Rush. I I would be – I'll walk to New York for you to put me in that tough spot. I mean, I'm looking at Dak's contract. He's making so much He's not going anywhere except back on the field when he's ready to go back on the field. And Jerry Jones would love for him if he's back week seven. He'd love for the Cowboys to be six and one. When Tack takes the gig back. Look, I'm saying there's no reason we shouldn't be 2-1 and one come Tuesday. That's all I'm saying. $89 million dead cap after next year. Just saying. <laughs> Brock, Dak, this Dak's gonna be Jerry Jones <laughs> interpretation 
has been brought to you by the NFL app. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. How about that? And again, you're welcome. I can... I. I do I know my Jerry Jones or do I not know my Jerry Jones? I didn't have to hear the soundbite. You just had to you just had to read the tweet paraphrasing it. It takes a nice chunk out of the pie. No, that was, and that was him telling Dak, you better sign, because I'm signing other people. This every and that's why there is less pie. I don't have the patience to jack with you. Well, today. I was pissed of There is less pie. There it is, there's less pie. Hey, you better sign. There's less pie because I just signed somebody else. Just a quick Google search on Forbes of Jerry Jones. There's a reason why he's worth $15.8 billion. He knows how to get things done. Yeah, he I mean. Make deals, so yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. We haven't done this all week. I can't believe it's Thursday. We haven't done this all week. This a uh, Bill Belichick press oh, conference oh. moment. Now, this is from Wednesday. And this is in advance of taking on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Um, What other setup does this require? Does this require any more setup? He was asked about uh, questions about his, uh, I guess, readiness or preparedness. Or arm with sleeve and stuff. No, 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 just about the contract and stuff like that or how how good he's playing. I don't know. He was asked about Lamar. Here we go. Uh, It's been a while. Let's do it. This is today's Bill Belichick press conference moment. Today's Bill Belichick press conference moment. Well, we prefer to win. How have you seen him uh, grow in the league? Obviously, he came in, I questions about whether he can handle being in the pocket, and it seems as if he's answered some of those questions. Without a doubt. It's the type of player that's a, you know MVP type of candidate, so... I think he's more than answered him. But it was see what his contract is. That'll answer him. <laughs> a little bit of cheekiness there, huh? Yeah, you got a little. See what his contract is is more than answer him. Patriots <laughs> took Sony Michelle instead of Lamar Jackson. Oh, boy. Jets took Sam Darnold instead of Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar wasn't going to be the second pick. I mean, the third the, pick, you know what? He, you know how he could have been the third. I'm saying at the end of the first round. Do you know round. how Lamar Jackson could have been the third overall pick in the draft? You're playing the results. When the Heisman. How oh, Lamar oh, Jackson he, he could have been the third overall <laughs> pick in the draft. You know how he could have been when the if the Jets had taken him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. You know how Josh Allen could have been the third overall pick in the draft had, if the Jets had taken him. Yeah, but they and, weren't. Uh, you're playing the result. Excuse that's, me, you're sir. Playing the result. All it takes is one. Remember when Tim Tebow was a first rounder? Remember that? But, but he wasn't a first rounder. But the Broncos made him one, didn't they? No, I'm saying Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick of the draft that year. So no one thought he was a first round pick. Except the Ravens when they traded back up to go get that extra year contractual pick control. In the draft. Which, by the way, is coming With on the, the roof this year. Pick of the draft. By the way, nobody's pointed that out. Ozzie Newsom's farewell present was, I'm going to bequeath you the next quarterback here. And I'm going to trade back in the first round for one extra year of contractual control, which, by the way, the Ravens are cashing in, aren't they? Enjoy yourself. (laughs) What is the franchise tag number going to be? Had he not, he would have just been out. No no 50-year option, no nothing. Have we ever considered that maybe... I don't know if we've ever said this, that maybe Lamar just doesn't want to be in Baltimore, or is that no, not? Oh, don't start that. No, I don't. He I'm asking. liking tweets of photoshops of him in a Dolphins uniform. Uh, He's like, there's got to be a reason you... to get inside. Wouldn't that be something after all this time, oh. after everything that happens to it gets uh, 
gets rosened by Lamar. That too looks pretty good right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about you. He looks like money. Yeah. <laughs> We're back on later world. Roku in a moment, but we'll see everyone else Friday.